Hello and welcome to another very special Empire podcast. This time around, it's Emily Blunt in the pod booth chair, and the people interviewing her are James Dyer, Chris Hewitt, and Helena Hara. Enjoy! Uh, we are delighted to be joined in the Empire pod booth by one of our finest acting talents. She cringed at that. Uh, she's the star of The Adjustment Bureau, The Devil Wears Prada. Uh, let me see what else. Some fishing in the Yemen, uh, The Young Victoria, and now the five-year engagement. Clearly a fan of long titles. Emily Blunt, how are you? <laughs> I like long, weird titles. Really? Yeah. Is that the first thing that strikes you when you read a script? You go, oh, yes. this. If the, if, the pay, if the title page of the script has is a gatefold, <laughs> and you think, oh, what's this title? And you have to read another page just to get the title. Let's, yeah. let's that's it, you're in. Yeah, like I would never have done Jaws, you know, this wouldn't have happened. <laughs> Jaws is actually my favourite movie. Oh really? Honest, yeah. Monosyllabic as it is. Yes, monosyllabic in its title, it is still stands to be my favourite movie. I love what, it. What's it about Jaws? I know we're here to talk a five-year engagement. Let's talk, let's talk about Jaws first. What, what, what stands out? Well, I remember my dad showing me that film rather inappropriately when I was about 11, you know, and I, I had nightmares. My dad was always bringing home film, films like The Terminator and, you know, for us to watch, which awesome. was kind of wrong. Um, and uh, I was so frightened by Jaws and didn't watch it for about 10 years and then when I was 20 I watched it one day and I was so I just was so struck by how amazing those performances were because more than Mm. anything it's like the most brilliantly intricate thriller and it's a beautiful character piece and I there's that scene the Indianapolis going down scene that Robert Shaw does I must have seen it 35 times I mean it's like I'm obsessed with that moment in the movie it is amazing but so nothing's ever come your way that's Jaws like no not quite not quite and I've over overcome my fear of sharks by learning how to dive recently Oh, really? Yeah, I was a real victim of Spielberg for a while. <laughs> I didn't even want to go in the ocean in the Mediterranean, you know? Oh, really? Yeah. So you're, you're fan, you hate sharks, giant boulders running towards you, not a big fan of those either? No, <laughs> not really. Not really. <laughs> exactly. And Spielberg's got a lot to answer for. Absolutely. He but, does. Uh, but the, but the five-year engagement is, I guess, unofficially the third in your Jason Siegel trilogy, in, a, in a strange way. I know. I don't know why we keep you know being matched together I mean I I blame Jason for a lot of it because he wrote this for he and I in mind so Mm -hmm. that's probably why I ended up having to say yes it's a bit hard to say no when someone's rather flatteringly written apart for you you having having worked with him a number of times do you know is it written into his contract that he must have below the belt nudity in every film he's in is is it compulsory he was actually quite chaste in this film there there was was a a reasonable amount of bare arse there's buttocks oh yeah there was buttocks but there was a uh, full frontal scene but uh, his argument is that the screen couldn't contain it. <laughs> <And I was> like, <laughs> We've all seen forgetting Sarah Marshall. We yeah, know that's, we not, know true. that's, not, true. that's <laughs> not true. That's absolutely not true. <laughs> so that was why that scene got cut. And I think he felt that enough was enough, maybe. Mm. He and didn't want it to become. And, and it's it on was. the Muppets DVD. It didn't make the <laughs> yeah. And Kermit's on there as well. Yeah. Funnily enough, we had uh, Pepe and Kermit were in this very pod booth not two days ago. I can't believe they are still promoting that film. <laughs> as if that film hasn't made enough money. Well, that's what you're here for, isn't it? Surely. <laughs> The Muppets is out on DVD this week, available on Blu-ray. Also. <laughs> um, no, they had very nice things to say about you, less so about oh. Jason. Oh, so, good. Yeah, yeah Pepe, oh, clearly not a fan. That. Yeah. Oh, I love hearing that. Pepe's the best. <laughs> Pepe's the best. Uh, you, how, how many days did you work in the Muppets? Just one, actually. Really, just one. It's a very easy cameo. Yeah, I wouldn't want to work anymore working with Miss Piggy. She's really tricky. <laughs> I didn't want to work with her Something anymore. Something of a diva. She was really abusive, actually. Because yeah. you're in that scene where uh, all the Muppets come in, piled upon each other, and they, yes. they walk towards you. How, yes. how difficult was it to, to keep a straight face during that? Or were you not there? Don't ruin the I magic. I was there. You no, no, there. no, I okay. was. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 
All right. No, I was there for all of all of their stuff. You have to be there for their eyeline. Seriously. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, some actors would Don't say no. Don't mess with the Muppets. Okay, that's good. Yeah, they're um, very. Uh, but they were really lovely, and then Miss Piggy was um, rather mean to me. But um, and, <laughs> and I was doing my EPK interview for the movie afterwards, and she kept bombarding it and coming in and shouting things at me. <laughs> dreadful woman. She's dreadful. Speaking of Muppets, you do do a phenomenal Cookie Monster. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't. It was it was okay. It goes without saying the rest of this podcast must now be conducted <laughs> as Cookie Monster. I can do Elmo. You can do Elmo. I feel like my Cookie Monster sounded a bit Transylvanian or something. That's so what, the count well, was in there somewhere. The yeah, count, right? yeah, every, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Do, you, do you do impressions? Do you have a, a, a staple? Oh God, I don't actually. I'm not great at impressions. My husband's really good at impressions. He can do anyone, but I'm not. I'm not so good. But um, we we should talk about your engagement mm. at some point. But yes. but reading the Muppets was that your Devil Wears Prada character? Yes, it was. Yes, exactly. That's so that's where she yes. found herself ten years or five years down the line working for working Miss Piggy, for Piggy, Piggy in a plus yeah. size department. <laughs> in Vogue, yeah. Is that what you saw her in five years' time when you, when you finished that I film? I feel like that character was so desperate she would have done anything. You know, it's like. <laughs> This was just poor, desperate girl. Oh, this is very sad. No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so uh, at that point, when you were doing that film, had Jason mentioned a five-year engagement to you, or the was this, Yeah, was this during Gulliver's Travels, or yeah, when did he first bro- broach it? Because like, we'd worked together on Gulliver's, and then we worked together on the Muppets, and he came into the trailer when I was getting ready for the with put on that ludicrous wig for the Muppets, <laughs> and he said, "I have a script for us, and I've written it for you, and if you would want to do it, it would be amazing." Yeah. Um, he said, I want to kind of write a sort of modern day when Harry met Sally. And mm. and I read it and I loved it. And and what was great about all of them is that they're incredibly collaborative, those guys. You know, Jason Siegel and Nick Stoller and, J- and Judd Apatow. They're, they're very interested in the improv style because yeah. I think it brings a lot of the naturalism you respond to in their movies. And so they're really wanting you to bring a lot of yourself to the table. So it's probably one of the most personal things that all of us have done because <laughs> you inevitably when you're improving bring your yeah. own writing your own version of the scene to the table did, did you ever think of doing a sort of uh, Blue Valentine approach and like you know <laughs> shooting it over a period of five years <laughs> no. uh, for the for maximum kind of reality <laughs> no I love Jason but not that much <laughs> it's impossible um yeah no <laughs> is, it, is it somewhat daunting though uh, when you're doing improv with someone like Jason Siegel or Chris Pratt or you know uh, oh I'm much funnier than them yeah. no, <laughs> just kidding absolutely but these guys have you know a background and that sort of stuff no they they were I mean Chris Pratt especially I will say would go off on these hilarious tangents that would have me just weeping and I knew that some a lot of it was never going to make the movie because it was so <laughs> outrageous and so silly and but Chris has a really agile mind for it, and he's he's uh, he's so good. He's mm. so funny, and Jason's just been doing this forever. You know, he's just so good at playing the everyman with his heart on his sleeve, and he's so effective in those roles. So it was great working with all of them. And how about Alison Breed? Did you work oh, with yeah. her on her accent so it would kind of match? I did help her a bit with it because she. She had this, this. I should probably shouldn't say it's really mean, but she had this um, American accent coach, right. and I was like, "Well, you should probably go with like a British coach, just because she's not going to be speaking like <laughs> I do, you know." And this American accent coach had probably looked in. I don't know what it was, but she just had all the wrong ideas, and she was telling Alison to do things like, "When I go there," and I was like, "No." really like you just don't have to do that like no one does it people haven't done that since the 1920s really so I just you don't have to do that and there were all kinds of 
weird uh, intonations she was giving her. And so Alison, I think, ditched the coach and then just decided that I was going to be her coach. And she just <laughs> so, followed you around and listened. Yeah, yeah. Mm. She just ominously lurked by me wherever I went. She did do a very good job, actually. She did a yeah. really good job, yeah. And she actually sounded like my sister. She did sound similar mm. to Proper Roehampton. Roehampton, yeah. Southwest. Because <laughs> exactly. it's one of those accents, though, <laughs> that Americans seem to have endless difficulty with. I think Gwyneth Paltrow and Sliding Doors is always my touchdown for this. She did it really well. But other than that, just... But do you know who else I thought did it really well was Renee in mm. Bridget, Bridget Jones? Jones because yeah. that accent, that kind of um, sorry Yeah, it's a slightly slony. Is, is really hard to do, and she nailed it. And, and I and I also love that Renee, against all of the criticism of like British women out there who all felt that they were Bridget, Bridget Jones going, oh, why have they cast an American, you know, <laughs> that she really proved everyone wrong mm. and she was so brilliant in it. And then, of course, there's Don Cheadle. And then... <laughs> you know, so... Moving on. Um, but you've, you've actually, you've, you've, as a British actress working in Hollywood, you've kept your English accent quite consistently through a lot of films, which is yes. quite an achievement. I know, I think they quite like it out there, the English <laughs> accent. <laughs> um, yeah, and I've done, it's funny because last year I did two films with an American accent, but I realised I hadn't done an American accent for a fair few years, so it was really... It's almost quite challenging doing it again at these two movies last year. One of those was your sister's sister, right? Because that's that all I did British because well. right. that was written for me to be doing it British, and it was improv again, so I didn't really want to be improving in an American accent because <laughs> that's always kind of you've got enough to think about as it is. But that film was made for eighty thousand dollars. Wow! And we shot it in twelve days. Wow! Yeah, it was very rapid. And How's it even possible? It, I don't know. Like, I don't know how we got it done. Mm, no sandwiches for lunch. <laughs> Actually, it was really nice. It was this... I think everyone who was there was this very indie Seattle crew, you know, who mm. were there to work with Lynn Shelton, the director, who directed this film, Hump Day. Yeah. And she... Um, you know, Lynn is just such a delight. She's got so much charm that she just manages to... She's like the gentle assassin. She just lures people in to do everything for free and people are so happy to do it, you know. <laughs> Um, and so everyone was there for free and everyone just did it because it was going to be an experience and it's actually turned about uh, turned out to be one of my favourite movies mm. I've ever done Fantastic and another movie we're looking forward to is uh, Looper Yes And that is American accent Phil isn't That it? is yeah. Yes Midwestern American accent You play a really tough farm chick uh, There's a shot with you though with the shotgun It certainly is and how was that? That's it was how, good that's how it Well I really I really loved that film That I think is the coolest film I've ever been lucky enough to be a part of. Wow. And I read this interview, I think it was with Empire actually, that Bruce Willis talked about it and said that it's the best thing he's ever done, the best movie mm. he's ever been a part of. So that is really exciting. I think all of us feel the same. And and we all of us are obsessed with Ryan Johnson, who <laughs> directed it. He's the best director I've worked with as well. And um, I think he's a real visionary, and I think he has a point of view that is unrivaled right yeah. now he's just so interesting what he does and um and he's a lovely guy too um but yeah that i'm very excited about looper for sure you're establishing some sort of cool sci-fi credentials aren't you <laughs> yeah. like you know adjustment bureau this and, is, and doug lyman's film is that right yeah i yeah, start that we film that here in the autumn very nice. Which yes. is also about loops, time loops. There is a bit of looping in it, but not quite the same. Not quite yeah. as mu not quite as much looping on a yes. looping. But what's cool uh, about that one is you get the greatest character name I've ever seen. According to IMDb, it's Valkyrie One. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, you know? I think the is it a Valkyrie? Is that what you're playing? I'm playing. Um, no, no. 
No, I'm playing. Um, <laughs> it's kind of funny because I so am not there yet, but I do go into training for it very soon. <laughs> but I'm supposed to be playing the best soldier on the planet. <laughs> so I, like, at some point, I'm hitting the gym and the martial arts studio to learn how to become that. But, um, I can see that. I've got three months, so um, <laughs> it should be good. So you could be knocking off the green tea. Uh, so you know, yeah. is, is this an essential part of your regime? This now? is actually part of it. Yeah. Okay. Does, that, does it help? Does, is that, you do you know, know what? It burns calories. Oh, it's very, very good for you. See, I've, I've, I don't know. You're these talking to yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. team, good. really, for us. But yeah, what else can you tell us about? All you need is kill. I mean, it's, it, um, it's Mr. Cruz, isn't it? It's so. Mr. Cruz. Um, yeah, I think there's not much I can probably say without but, um, Tom Cruise bursting in here and um, <laughs> black bag and all of us. But uh, yes, there is a sort of there's a slight looping time not really even really time travel element I don't know what I can say but it's a big action movie where the world is being taken over by another being mm, okay so when you read the script you think okay I'm going to play the best soldier in the world <laughs> do you immediately see yourself in that role or does it take a while for, the, for you to make that connect it's funny for me when I read a script now I think what I react to is um oh my god how on earth am I going to do this I think that's why I take on a role because mm. it's really challenging and it's not really like anything else I've done and I, had, I haven't ever done an action movie and I've been offered some and they nothing ever seemed quite right or the character was really bad and <laughs> and or just kind of the girlfriend part, you know, which is not really oh, interesting. Are we talking about Captain America? No. I'm just asking. I'm just asking. <laughs> and so I... Ba- <laughs> we mustn't speak of it. Um, so I basically... But we will. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> but moving on. Moving, but moving on, on. No, so I think this was the first action film mm-hmm. I'd read where I thought the character was so fantastic and... You can't really do an action movie with two better people than Tom and Doug Lyman. I mean, they're just the best mm. at what they mm. do. And Doug, I mean, Tom Cruise hung off a glass building, <laughs> 120 floors up, and it was him that did it. It's <laughs> We've all done it. <laughs> <laughs> at some point. I'm getting the nosebleed just being in my chair, for God's sake. But uh, it, it, does it require anything from you in, the, in, that, in terms of that physical commitment? You're not going to be jumping off a bridge or... Well, I don't know. I think there's probably a bit of that. He's yeah. the greatest soldier in the world. Of course, I, I'm yeah. I'm prepared to do anything. <laughs> Absolutely. For mankind, damn it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, James did mention Captain America and you, you, you flirted, uh, if the internet scuttlebutt list is correct, with Black Widow and Iron Man 2. What, what exactly happened there? Do Gulliver's Travels the dates didn't quite work out yes um, yes that is true uh, I was contracted for Gulliver's Travels and so that was uh, that was tricky mm-hmm. and uh, but the other thing is that it, it, with even with Captain America it was just it really was wrong timing mm-hmm. I was booked on something else that I really wanted to do and so there's all of these things. I was filming salmon fishing in the Yemen when Captain America filmed. So it's just I wouldn't have been able to do it anyway. You know, it does. I mean, a role like that. I mean, for for viewer, it's great. These these sort of big movies. I wonder as an actor whether it isn't a little bit unfulfilling sometimes, even if the Avengers made all the money in the world. Is that something that you sort of think very hard, carefully about jumping into a huge sort of? Yeah, I think everyone does. Dollar. And to be honest, I think probably Scarlet did too Mm. I mean at the end of the day I think everyone questions something when you jump into a massive franchise Um, but I think that it was probably great fun to shoot Uh, I just don't know I I mean for me it just it just has you know if it was a franchise and the part was amazing and you know then I think that might be a different thing too Mm. I mean you just I don't know I mean I think franchises they do scare me a little bit 
But they do say, I mean, there's a that sort of rule of thumb. They say the more exciting it looks on screen, probably the less exciting it was to film. Yes, think I think there's an, ultimately there's a lot of green screen mm. and, you know, hanging around in a trailer, you know. So you'll probably have a bit of that on uh, All You Need Is Kill. As there well, might yeah. be a bit of that. But I tr- But Doug's really exciting to work with, I think, because he tries not to do too much of that green screen stuff. He tries to keep it very real. Mm. And so I think it'll be easier. Mm-hmm. And less cool for Cookie Monster. <laughs> I mean, we're assuming. Obviously, you can't ruin the film for us. But I'm, just, I'm going out there. I cannot ruin it. Right. <laughs> He's trying desperately to get that Cookie Monster impression. I am. No, I can't do it. I'm not doing it. Come please. Money will change hands in a second. I guarantee it. Um, but yeah, going back, I'm assuming five-year engagement didn't involve a lot of green screen work. I mean, None. It, was a, it seems like a again one of those movies that's very, very fun to make. I think that's the joy of working with those guys because they it is such a freewheeling environment and um, in some ways it's really tiring because when you improv something if someone likes the improv you have to go back and reshoot all the other um, shots that you got so in some ways the days were really really long and um, uh, yeah those days could be really long on that movie but you're working with like the nicest people so it was it was all right and what 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 was that shot when was where was where, it shot? Where was it shot? It yeah. was shot in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Okay. And then in uh, San Francisco, and then in Sonoma Wine Country, which of course was everyone's favourite part of the shoot. Everyone, and it's funny how many people came out to visit me when I was in yes. Sonoma. No one visited me in Michigan. Let me tell you that much. Because there, there are some sequences in the movie that looked very, very cold to shoot, particularly for Jason, mind you. But uh, yes, Jason, I think they did a bit of pre-shooting to get the snow because we only started in April. So they went in February with Jason when it was actually snowing and got him to wander around without his pants on. So that was quite <laughs> they chilly, I think. got him to wander around, yes. I think I'm just going to wander around with my pants on, guys. Readily, yeah, God, just keep rolling. I know, he readily offers. He's got no shame. That's what I've discovered with Jason. <laughs> he's, uh, he's in on Friday, actually. We, yeah, we've got him in on Friday. Oh, for, he is? For yeah. Oh, no, he'll be great uh, fun. We, it, we've not heard whether he's wearing trousers. I mean, <laughs> He probably yeah. won't be. Yeah. John yeah. Hamm claimed on this podcast that he wasn't wearing trousers at the time. <laughs> well, during the web chat. So, during the web chat. You were typing for him, Helen. Can you, yeah. can you confirm this? I didn't look down carefully. You know. yeah. He's very funny, though, John yeah. Hamm, isn't he? He is. He's very good. Yeah. I was going to ask as well about your pratfall in the, in the movie, <laughs> uh, running straight into a car door. Yes. Um, how difficult is that and how much does it hurt, if at all? Well, it's quite clever how they shoot it because they put the camera right in front of the door okay. and so when the door opens it looks like it's whacking me in the face but mm. actually I'm about a foot away from oh, it good. so it's a cheat and oh. so what they do in order to get me to fling back they put you on this bungee cord this kind of horizontal <laughs> bungee cord so you run against it and then what happens is it kind of jams about a foot they, they measure it the stunt people are amazing they measure it about a foot away from the door so they, so you're running, 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 and it jams, and it literally catapults you backwards, and then they have a crash mat. So it's oh, fine. <laughs> oh, that's, that's just ruined the entire film. Was, was, <laughs> were you not that. tempted to go? Like, Jackie Chan wouldn't cheat. <laughs> Harold Lloyd wouldn't cheat. I'm doing it for real. At any point, I'd probably just concuss myself <laughs> yeah. trying to do it that way. The actress Emily Blunt was doing <laughs> 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 another an news. Doing <laughs> <laughs> an accident, filming the five-year engagement. <laughs> <laughs> about that now, talk, is there uh, talking about five year engagement talking about long plans is there a master plan in your career do you think do you think five <laughs> years ahead I don't actually because I think that's very frightening and also you're dealing with one of the most precarious jobs on the planet so I just have no idea so there's no post-it notes at home with world domination <laughs> or anything like that no not yet <laughs> not quite okay. not quite but when, when Devil Wears Prada blew up for you mm-hmm. were you aware of that opportunity 
that was yeah. that was out there and I guess that makes you more careful in the choices that you make yeah it's funny because when I did Devil Wears Prada none of us realised at the time how big the movie would be I mean I think we all thought it was really funny and we really enjoyed doing it but I don't think anyone quite knew what would happen with it and so when it blew up in the way that it did I felt that for me it, it was it felt like night and day between the day that movie opened and the day prior to it for me like I had a very normal day the day before where I just wandered around the movie came out and I was in LA when it came out and I and I went out to get some you know food the next day and three people came up to me and I was like wow that's fast like that that that's mm. fast and and then when it started to make more and more money, I realized that um, I guess movies that made money were important. Yeah. So <laughs> that's why the phone was ringing more and studios are like running the numbers on you, you know. And, oh, my God. Yeah. I have to say, you deliver my favorite line in that film where, where uh, uh, Anne Hathaway cheerily, cheerily goes, wish me luck. And you go, no, shan't. <laughs> Do you know, that's brilliant. Do you know that that's, um, I stole that from my mum. Really? Yeah, I stole a, a lot from my mum. So she's quite supportive role. is what you're saying. Well, no, what it was was that we used to actually they still they still live there, but um, we lived on this long, long road, and so I used to have to walk all the way up this road to get the bus to school or to work. And uh, every day we would call Mum from the end of the road, going, "Can you please, please come and pick us up? Just please, please, please!" And sometimes for a joke, she'd go, "No, shan't," and hang up. <laughs> and I was like, ah! so that was her joke she used to do to us. Speaking of, speaking of excellent lines, you are one of the privileged few to have spoken Aaron Sorkin dialogue on screen. Oh, and yes. it was I said three lines. Nevertheless, there were three phenomenal lines because Aaron Sorkin <laughs> wrote them. Uh, true or false, The West Wing is the greatest TV show ever made. I've never watched an episode. Oh my God, get out. Get I out. know, but my mum loves it. Loves The West Wing. And she Wing. said, are you going to watch it, dear? And you went, no, shan't. No, shan't. <laughs> Just to annoy her. The box sets are available. They are. I know, it's I actually know. about forty pounds. Can we just you know. talk about my two favorite shows right now, right, which on. are Game of Thrones yes. and Homeland? Have you seen Homeland? James, of course. James is a man to talk about. Yes, oh. it's very good. It's very, very good. Game of Thrones. It's not just the sort of the uh, sex position. Do you like it for presumably? No, it's not just the boobs. Mm. It's it's. Uh, <laughs> it has a generous. You we're know, all on board with the boobs. There's yeah. a lot of boobs on yeah. that show. Um, a lot of shame. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> is Jason Segel lined up for season three? I'm yeah, sure no. he is. Actually, I'm sure he is. That's, that's Can you thing. imagine him as a Dothrakian or something? <laughs> a horse back. lord comes in. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> the stallion that mounts. It doesn't Never matter. Never mind. Doesn't matter. Oh, okay. Doesn't matter. Okay, okay. Yes. Move on. No, it's a phenomenal show. Yes, yes, very much like it's it. Fantastic. And, uh, yeah. I'm glued. Those Homeland. are my two. Homeland, very good. Have you seen the whole of the first season? Yes. Okay. Goes a bit <gasps> off the rails though, yeah, doesn't but it? It's fantastic. Goes a bit off the rails. Was it too crazy? For well, you? no. It just. It, it oh, felt... don't be such a square. Sorry. Have you, have you read the, the George R. R. Martin? I have books? not. We had him in here for the have podcast you as well. I know, isn't yeah. he? He does look like amazing. Santa Claus. He does. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and he is the gift that keeps on giving as well. So that's really. You know, yes. How many more seasons are they doing? Uh, well, in theory, I would imagine there's going to be because there's a total of he counts them in his head three, four, five books. There's two more to cast. There's seven oh, you books. Nerd. Yes, you I'm nerd. a complete fan. <laughs> um, yeah, so I would say about I would say roughly eight. If it oh keeps my god, on going. I'm so happy. Because the next, because it was one season per book, but the next book will be two seasons. Ooh, go, I feel really bereft actually without it. I yeah. do. Read the really books. Lost. Read them. No, yeah, no, I embrace your inner nerd. I want to because I, I, I want to watch it and not know what's going to happen. And oh, <laughs> of course, the books had, do have less boobs, so you know, Shoot. there's, there's yeah. that. Well, yes, but you can print out pictures from the internet <laughs> and, <laughs> and stick them into the book. Yes, I see what you're saying. Which is how I get by. Uh, <laughs> but interestingly, I mean, you didn't say the office. 
an American workplace. What's, but that's what's up just with that? A Come given. on. Come on. Yeah, that's that's oh. ridiculous. Ridiculous lack of loyalty going on here. But oh, presumably please, you do watch that's that show. A yeah, well, we do. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you know, when he's. He doesn't want to watch every episode. I okay. mean, we haven't watched every episode. Because he knows what's happened and he, he can spoil knows. it. He's yeah. been doing it for seven, eight years, you know. <laughs> you, you didn't say The Simpsons either. I know. You'll I never be invited back. I know. <laughs> No, it's over. What was that like? I mean, being on The Simpsons. I mean, on The Simpsons. On the really, Simpsons it's set. much like this. Yeah, it's very much like this. And, and usually, I think when you do voiceover work, you're on your own. But it was wonderful because the woman playing Lisa came to where I, I was in shooting somewhere, and she came all the way there, and uh, we sang Josh Groban together <laughs> and did all of our scenes together, and it was fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I, mean, I imagine TV plays for most British actors there's a, a sort of initiation they go through where they have to be in either Holby City Casualty or The Bill <laughs> or EastEnders you've missed that in a way. you should, so. must go back now immediately I know Casualty is can calling you can you imagine if I showed up and Casualty <laughs> just as a corpse or Burn something victim number three <laughs> they, will, they will be on the phone after this but, but what was your apprenticeship in a way as, a, as an actor um, well I didn't have any training um, not any formal training and and uh, when well I really wasn't planning on being an actress like it wasn't this ambition of mine and I know actors probably hate that they're like oh shut up you know because <laughs> a lot of people really want it from a young age and um, I think I was really I, I, I remember I was 17 and I was doing my A-levels and they were getting you to fill out forms for drama school or university and I didn't fill I wanted to go to university I wanted to do modern languages and be an interpreter or a translator or something like that so then the head of drama at the school said, would you like to do this play at the Edinburgh Festival? And I said, yeah, you know, because I was broke and I needed <laughs> some money. And this agent came to see me in it and uh, and he said, do you want to give this a go? And I sort of said, yeah, OK, you know, but I didn't have any expectations. It was probably a very good thing because I think if you walk into a room reeking of desperation, you know, because so many actors are really really desperately wanting work because it's so it's slim pickings out there it's hard um so i think it probably helped me that maybe i had a bit of a shoulder shrugging attitude because i went in there not expecting anything and um and it worked out thank god because i now i'm completely in love with it and i wouldn't mm. want to do anything else did you ever have that period where you couldn't get work and it was a bit of a struggle or was it well it, it was always it wasn't ever that i was um you know i had to always audition for stuff i always had to be in the fight for it so i just auditioned for everything and started off in theater i did three plays and then i went into tv i did like uh the queen boudicca <laughs> Alex Kingston was riding bare-breasted, <laughs> covered, in, covered in blue woad. You never saw that in ER. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I did uh, Henry VIII with Ray Winston, mm -hmm. who's still one of my favourite people alive. Um, and then it was kind of gradual. I did my Summer of Love and then Devil Wears Prada came along. and then, So it was very gradual how it happened, but I... But I still have to audition. I still have to, you know, meet people and be in the hustle to get the job. Because I think because there are so few great female roles, mm. everyone wants the ones that are there. And so and there's some amazing actresses around but yeah. people I admire so much. And that when they say if they get the job over me, I'm like, yeah, I get it. Like, I understand. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's rare then almost when someone like Jason comes to you and goes, I've written the script and it's you. You don't have to audition. You don't have to do anything. Screen yeah, test. Or I've nothing. never had someone write something for me. I've had someone, you know, a, a director say, "You're my first choice," or "You're," which is always so nice because you feel like, "Oh thank God, I don't have to read," you know, because <laughs> like, that's always so frightening. And um, yeah, exactly, <laughs> shaking. But uh, Jason was the first who'd actually written something for me. 
That's not bad at all. Well, not do, bad. Do you think it's changing in terms of female ro- roles in Hollywood? Because I thought, I mean, Devil Wears Prada, for example, is kind of, you know, kind of gets filed in the rom-com section, but it's actually kind of Wall Street yeah. for girls. Yeah. You know? Oh, I love that you said that. That's very cool, actually. Um, um, do I think the female parts are getting better mm. or... I think it's it's mixed still. Okay. I think I mean if you think about it in every movie there's one female part to fight to five guys, you know, and I think that that's that's pretty tough then, yeah. you know, for the roles to be written really well and I think that they're out there. I think the best female roles are usually in the smaller movies. That's why I do a lot of indies cuz it's just more fulfilling in that sense. But um I think they're out there. You have to read through everything. And then, yeah. of course, it's so subjective because what I might respond to in a script, another actress might be like, well, I don't get it. I don't see it. You know, and so you have to make it your own and yeah. you have to bring a lot to the part. And, and you know, you can you can change a lot as well mm. if people let you. True. Um, but it's there's some really badly written female roles <laughs> out there. Really, like I've read such rubbish. Are we talking yeah. about? Sorry, no. <laughs> <laughs> never mind. You can tell us afterwards. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, I did a Q and A with you at the Apple Store a couple of months ago, mm. and I seem to recall you saying that you were working on a script yourself. Was I? Yeah. Or you, you were. You were. Did you make it up on the night? Was that? John wrote a script. Maybe okay. is that what I said? That might have been it. Yeah. You were drunk. I was. Yeah. <laughs> it clearly, because uh, But are you developing things for yourself or? Um. Well, I do. I have started to really enjoy, say, if I read an article in the newspaper that I think is interesting, you can actually option an article and so that you own the story potentially. And um, I've done that. And there's a book that I've been going after. I can't really say which ones because I don't want to jinx it in case I do manage to get the rights to it. Game of Thrones is gone. Yes. <laughs> That's been exactly. taken. You can't do it. Exactly. Yeah, I think I, think I enjoyed the that productive nature of it that you have some say in your own future yeah. you know I think that's why I'm really impressed that John you know my husband wrote this amazing script um, that Gus Van Sant agreed to do so you're like oh that's not bad for your first script <laughs> I was like, you jammy bastard that the first script he writes Gus is like yeah I love it I'll do it it worked for Ben Affleck so you know. exactly um, yeah. and so he's he's doing he just finished filming that with Matt Damon and Francis McDormand all these amazing people and and I think it was a wonderful experience for all of them to be so collaborative and have such a say in what's happening because normally as an actor you're kind of you don't have that much say a lot of the time absolutely mm. I've just remembered something uh, John was in the running for Captain America as well did that yes. ever did you ever talk about that did we ever talk yeah. about it of uh, I'm up for Captain did. America you're up for Captain America <laughs> <laughs> yeah interesting dinner time conversation <laughs> exactly no uh, yes we did talk about it okay but, uh, <laughs> can you share any tidbits or no I can't. I feel like this Captain America in Black Widow thing is yeah. something I get asked about all the time. It's going to dog like, you to the end of oh your life. Oh my God. It's like, it's people are so astonished that you wouldn't do it. And, you know. How dare how you dare get you. out. Yeah. It's, it's rabid fanboys though, isn't it? It's because they worship these yes. properties. They are the be all and end all of cinema. Have you ever certain... been to Comic Con? Oh, yes. yes. Well, in fact, I was going to ask you, are you going? Because it's in. We're going for Looper, yes. Ah. We're going for Looper. We may see you there. Oh, great. <laughs> Um, we're going for Looper and last time I went was for the Wolfman and uh, the geeks just freaked out mm. for, um, for for Rick who did all of the special effects mm. makeup they went crazy for him they couldn't have cared less that Benicio and I were there yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a different know. measure of star, star power yeah. wow it's, yeah. he's the, he, Rick is like the king of Comic Con um, but yeah it's they are just obsessed yes you know? uh, had you been in the same sort of hemisphere as Joss Whedon at the time that would have been you know oh, he, really? is, he is their deity really yeah. 
But it's amazing, and, and the best thing to do is not go on the third day when the when it's really hot and the costumes have started to stink. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, yes. Better Paul to get in there early. <laughs> Going into San Diego in the summer in all those costumes, you know, if, if someone's dressed as like Chewbacca or something. I was going like to say, will you be bit. going as a Wookiee or something so you can walk the floor incognito? People <laughs> Probably do People do do that. People they do, do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They wear the masks yeah. and stuff. Mm. Absolutely. So uh, maybe we'll see you there. We'll be a lot more professional then, I promise you. Please don't <laughs> be. I'll be R2-D2. Chris will be C-3PO. Oh <laughs> my. Um, and maybe you can do the Cookie Monster in San Diego. Maybe we can get you to do that. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> On that bombshell, uh, and we've done. Thanks so much for stopping by. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thanks.